Welcome to another cosmic episode of the You Know Show. We are two geeks who talk about everything. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined by my cousin and co-host, Landon. Hello again. Let's do it. All right, so last time we covered the epic first half of Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's issues one through six of this 12-issue miniseries. Uh, today we are diving back into the thrilling conclusion of this massive event that changed the history of DC Comics forever. Um, folks, if you have not had a chance to read this, uh, what DC called a maxi-series event, um, spoilers are ahead. Um, now, this is these are spoilers, obviously, for a story that happened nearly 40 years ago, but spoilers nonetheless. Uh, Landon, your initial reaction to the second half of this crisis? Uh, well, I think we had kind of mentioned the last one, too, that uh, it gets sad pretty quick. I mean, there are uh, a lot of things to to, to resolve, and um, I think about how, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, if you, you've seen all the Loki, all yeah. the you've seen Loki 1 and 2. You know how in season 2 it gets very pretty serious about, like, it's it's no longer just quirky fun. Now it's like really in danger of reality and people dying and people losing things. And this is similar in that way because it's just like, oh, things are being destroyed. And um, right. and so you especially start finding like uh, uh, Alexander Luther Jr.'s His World's Gone, you know, and uh, there's like millions of them, right? I mean, so uh, – but we, we've lost – we lost a few along the way. What were the ones that are notable that we've lost? Uh, well, Earth Three was was one of the biggest ones. Earth Three was um, that's Alexander Luther's, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. for the most part, though, we've we've really only seen the destruction of like just maybe some one off worlds that showed up in yeah. in continuity, yeah. maybe years before. But most of them, it's like they're these no name Earths that uh, you know are just being destroyed, and so there's there's no emotional connection to. Sure, billions and billions of people dying and, you know, being wiped from existence. Uh, but then the emotional damage <laughs> comes when we see real characters sacrificing themselves to try and save what's left of the multiverse. Right. 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 Um, so here we here we are in the back half of this and and we've we've already seen a lot of destruction we've seen death with with the monitor but you know he was just introduced to us a few issues ago and now and now here we have uh the scope and the stakes being brought up to let's say cosmic levels um right. because now we have deaths that impact the readers on a more emotional level um in issue seven right have the death of supergirl which um, which is i mean so in the end this is like animars anti monitor has a big play to destroy the five earths that are being uh, protected right and so he's he's has this i guess converter and uh and he is and they they all gather together and this could have been like the end right this is like you know but but right it it stays on. That's probably the most interesting part about this. You know how you can have like story arcs where you can have climaxes and it can go here, but then it goes here and it goes back up again. This is one of those because 
they are uh they come together they attack and destroy it but yes supergirl dies and not in the coolest way really it was kind of like it's such a frustrating uh way by being uh distracted and and hit you know so yeah um but uh a major death um a major death nonetheless yeah yeah Super wiping Cole. out superman's cousin uh was a big deal uh, that cover for that that issue is iconic. Of course, it gives away uh, that she is going to die in yeah. that issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, should they have put that in a in a like a a mylar bag that that says spoiler warning on the cover? <laughs> but um, did you have any any? This is going to sound crazy. Any favorite moments or scenes that that came out of the back half of this this? Uh, miniseries i mean um, that's the the death of supergirl is, is one of those chilling moments and we have another death for, i was gonna comes. say the probably even more than that one is is the very next issue uh because yeah. it's really back to back i mean it's it's seven and eight you know but it's uh it's the flash dying you know so yeah. uh the flash uh barry allen is uh dies uh or Michael's what is his Wesley ship? What's what's John the Wesley ship? John, yeah, John Wesley ship. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that was pretty rough, especially because you know he's been. It's not like he was out fighting with the rest of the troop for the entire story. He's been a prisoner the entire time, right? And then and then you get him back only for him to die in a major sacrifice, and that's like what? Now for us, we go back. Because we're, you know, older, we're teenagers or, you know, preteen reading these things. And so we knew, we know about Barry Allen dying just because of knowing. But it, I can only imagine someone who's been reading The Flash prior to this. Right. And the impact. I mean, could you imagine just all of yeah. a sudden just The Flash dies? Almost yeah. like the Superman that we got to experience firsthand. I'm just like, What? You know, yeah. See, that's the thing. At this point in 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 the the history of of writing comic books, death was never really dealt with, right? right? You didn't, unless it was like an imaginary story or whatever. You didn't have characters that were dying, but here we have Supergirl and Barry Allen, the Flash, both dying, and and death meant something at this point. When a character died, they stayed dead. These two, in particular, stayed dead for a very long time. Uh, Supergirl wasn't brought back until uh, the early 2000s when they decided to bring back Superman's cousin as, right. as a character. Right, and and until that time, we had Matrix, right? We had, we had a um, not even Supergirl who was being Supergirl. Right. right. Yeah. It was a, she was a shapeshifter. Shapeshifter. Yeah. An alien shapeshifter. It was um, being Supergirl. And then, and then Barry Allen, of course, didn't come back until what final crisis in the, the mid 2000s. Yes. Mid, yeah. mid to late 2000s. Yeah. Um, you know, that is, it's, it, it's so crazy to think that, that these characters, their deaths really, you know, were supposed to mean something. And then, and then, of course, you know, Superman comes along and dies in 1994. Right. But then comes back a year later. Yeah, I know. And it's I know. like it's like let's open the door for anybody who died to anybody come back. Anybody who died to come back. It's, it's like soap Todd, opera. 
Jason Dodd comes back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Green Arrow comes back, and it's it's just it becomes this thing where death is a revolving door, and you know, as long as you can keep your characters uh, alive, then it doesn't matter if you kill them because we'll find a way to write them back into the story. Yeah, that's exactly. And, you know, I I and I get what you're saying too. Like as far as as far as I'm concerned, like Wally West was my Flash. Growing up, right. he was the Flash. Now because, this is the one that we've talked about because he's the one that I that I've always thought of. Right, that was the funny one. Yeah, yeah, okay, he's right, the one right. you get in like the Justice League animated series. It's um, always making a joke. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's know, So Barry Barry Allen is the one that we see, of course, in the live action 1990 TV series with John Wesley Ship, and then you know Barry Allen is the Flash in the more recent. Um, CW show, right? Uh, it's just it's just funny to me because again, Wally West, you know, for I don't know what what was that twenty, almost twenty five years was the Flash. That's it, and and so like it's like you said, we we knew uh, without reading Crisis on Infinite Earths that that Barry Allen had died. Right, we knew that he had sacrificed himself in some big epic event that uh, you know then led to Wally moving from Kid Flash to The Flash. And uh, yeah, and so to me, it's not a big deal to go back and read this story and see, oh, Barry Allen died. But but you're right. I wonder what it feels like or what it felt like. For someone who'd grown up – yeah. yeah. If, if, no, you'd read, sure. if you'd grown up from the 60s and 70s and, and all you knew was The Flash is Barry Allen and Kid Flash is this kid named Wally West, uh, screw that kid. Barry I, I, Allen's the smart guy. I just wonder if it if 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 it was getting stale, you know, because I didn't really read anything prior. You just got to wonder about stuff like that. Um, we talked about things that were notable. Um, I did think it was, um, you know, again another. Uh, it, it, you have this uh, climax that happens again here, but then you go to a whole new level. The Animonitor um, has to get gets a new body, and he then decides he's going to go back in time. He's going to go back back in time to go and, and affect things. Um, and I think of different movies we've watched over the years, there's, there's just a lot of parallels, you know, this type of thinking, you know, so you have multiverse and you have traveling through time to try to affect time, you know, and I just, there's just been so many movies and stuff. So this is a really great Epic story that happens, but the specter gets involved, yeah. you know? And, um, so, so anybody listening, if you don't know who the specter is, um, uh, well, it, the pro that here's the challenge with the specter. The specter seems absolutely all powerful that could do anything at any time, anywhere, but is held back by cosmic laws, which seem to bend at convenience. So I've always I've always had a challenge with the specter because of the great all powerful nature of the specter. Nonetheless, he's helpful in a pinch. You know, yeah. so, and it, it just depends on who's writing him at that. You know, at any given time, it's right. like. All right, can the Spectre do this? Well, this time he can. <laughs> but no, yeah, but no, no, he's limited by cosmic forces. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. God's gonna step in and be like, whoa, 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 man. You are you are my spirit of vengeance, okay? You're gonna chill out here. But well, he God. basically shatters space and time. I mean, he 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 it, it, there's there's like an overload. So then now all these five um these five universes have now at this point merged together. 
Right. And so um, everything that's been protected to keep from being destroyed now goes like into one. Right. So that's kind of how that's kind of how everything kind of gets sucked in together. And um, remind me though, could who what 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 determined whether somebody could remember it? Uh Oh my gosh! Right. I can't remember. But there's only there's only there's only one character who remembered the crisis, and that was Psycho Pirate. Okay. Okay. At the end of at the end of the story, he is the only one who remembers that worlds lived and worlds died. But but okay, except for the the ones the four that that went off to a parallel paradise universe. Right. Right. So you've got yeah, okay. Alexander Luther saves um, Kal El from Earth Two. Yeah. And Lois Lane from Earth Two, uh, and Superboy from Earth Prime, uh, yeah, yeah. and and so the four of them go into what is sort of described as a pocket dimension, right, right, right. Where you know it's like, well, what is what does that even mean? Of course, that's never expanded upon until twenty years later in Infinite Crisis when we're reintroduced to these same characters so many years later. Um, but yeah. So they survive, and obviously, you know, wherever they are in their little pocket dimension, they're going to remember that the crisis happened, <clears throat> and they're going to remember um, all the sacrifices that were made to uh, create this new reality. Um, well, what did you think about? What did you think about the last issue? Which which part? Just the rebooted continuity. Just yes, well, not just the reboot of continuity, but as far as like the final battle with Antimonitor, how that went down, and just Superboy Prime. Because, and I ask you this way because obviously we will talk about it in a second. What happens after this? You have everything kind of done, but this pocket dimension obviously produces feelings, you know, for these people there that lead towards things later. And so I wanted to ask your your thoughts about it. Do you feel like it was nice and buttoned up? Do you feel like it it um or do you have any problems with how it ends out? Uh I don't um because at the time it seems like the you know this this whole thing was was designed to um give these characters a happy ending, right? You've yeah. got Superman who this this is the golden age Superman this is the first superhero from action comics number one right and and his the love of his life Lois Lane they are getting their happy ending right this is right. this is what we're thinking that they are going off to some paradise pocket dimension where they will live out their years um in in happiness and then for whatever reason let's bring along Superboy Prime and and of course, Alexander Luther Jr. is the one who is creating this pocket universe for them to to have. So you've got these two tagging along while Superman and Lois have their retirement in in paradise. Right. And so so we're led to believe that this is this is going to be some great existence for these characters. And then they're forgotten about for 20 years. Like no one no one knows they existed. And and then we come along later with Infinite Crisis, 
And we find out, well, that's not the case. It wasn't right. this paradise. It was a place where they were able to see everything that's going on in the now singular DC universe. And you've got this brat, Superboy Prime, who decides and he is a brat. That's not that's not how things are supposed to be. No, 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 no. Because he grew up in a world like ours, where he was reading the adventures of his heroes in DC Comics, right? And then suddenly he is the only superhero in his world when he finds out that he, in fact, is Superman or would grow up to be Superman, but he didn't have that chance because his world was destroyed before he had a chance to become Superman. And so he's bitter about that. He's bitter about the things that he's seeing happening in in this reality, that the Superman we know in in the new continuity dies. That's not supposed to happen to Superman. What what happened? Remind me what happens to Golden Age Superman and Lois. Um. Well, she winds up getting sick. I mean, she may have cancer. Okay. All right. That's. Um, I know she she ends up dying during Infinite right. Crisis. Right. Um. And I need and we need so, to do one on that too. We, we yeah. So on that too. Yeah. I need to go back and read that one. It's I, been a long time since I've read that story. I enjoyed that story. But it's I really have good. to admit, I read Infinite Crisis and didn't go back and read Crisis of Infinite Earths before I started it. I just kind of jumped into it, and I didn't make connections. And then when I later reread Infinite Crisis of Infinite Earths, I was like, oh, Alexander, what? You know yeah. what I mean? He was like the he was like the good guy. He was a good you know? kid, yeah. It's yeah, almost that was like some... the whole Hal Jordan parallax thing. It's just like, what? Yeah, you where know? did this when you when somebody invites you to a pocket dimension casino? Because apparently that's what turns you into a villain. Yeah, well, and it was supposed to be like a paradise. I can't understand. Like, be thankful. Be thankful for your pocket paradise. Right. Apparently not. <laughs> but he went crazy. yeah, the um the so I actually I had never gone through and, and read like I had a, a basic understanding of what Crisis on Infinite Earth was. Yeah. Um, but the first time I read it was just before Infinite Crisis came out. Oh, so you because I knew it then. Yeah. I knew I knew Infinite Crisis was going to be a direct follow up to Crisis on Infinite Earths, and so I wanted I wanted to know the details at that point. So that's when I went back and and got the the paperback edition and and read all twelve issues and. Uh, gosh, yeah. To for that to come out in Infinite Crisis, you know, it's it's funny when a new writer comes along and decides, hey, you know what? These characters that we haven't done anything with, let's bring them back. But you know what? Let's bring them back as bad guys. Yeah, yeah, that is how it goes. But wow, what a what a fun storyline. Um, at this point though, you know, um, now they have a few things. Well, you had the Flash, um, the CW's version of Crisis of Infinite Earths, uh, or the in the what's called Arrowverse, right? Um, I, There's I went a to, new movie too. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the too. yeah an animated version well, of it. That's uh, it's it's supposed to be a three parter. Yeah, like it's three parts. When does this the come first, out? I'm not sure. I think the first part is out now. If you, it might be on Max already. Oh, good. I need to read it. It doesn't have. It's got six point four out of ten on IMDb. But it's I got all my good voice actors. You know, it's got my Jensen Ackles for Batman. It's got uh, Matt Bomer for Flash. Zachary Quinto's Lex Luthor's voice. Lou Diamond Phillips is the Spectre. That'll be nice. Um, Nolan North, you know him, his name, right? He's from um, 
he's the voice actor for Uncharted, the game. Yeah. He's also uh, Superman and Superboy in um, Young Justice. Oh, yeah. Darren Chris is Superman's voice. Darren Chris, he played the music guy from um, from the Flash show, um, which Glee for a lot. It's kind of cool because he was in Glee with Grant Gustin. Um, and then I don't know if I know the other ones, but um, I uh, I think I'll have. I need to watch that then. Oh, Alexandra Dario, remember her? That girl from um, uh, Percy Jackson movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, she's Lois Lane. So, I'm um, I mean, seriously, I'm I'm interested in watching it. Uh, hopefully they'll. I feel like the the HBO Max shows have done pretty good. You know, I've I've liked them thus far. Do you have you watched many of those? Uh, I watched Peacemaker. Oh no, no, but I mean the cartoon, the cartoon uh, movies that they've been doing, the animated movies. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I haven't watched any of the more recent ones. Um, I watched the Long Halloween, both of those. That was good. I don't think I don't think I've seen any of them since they did the um, Death and Return of Superman. Yeah, um, those two movies back to back. I watched yeah. both of those. The 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 Flash Arrowverse. I um, there were don't get me wrong. There were aspects that I liked along the way and i thought they used it well mm -hmm. to kind of sunset oliver queen um but it's just how can you take all that and and put it into a show like that you know what i mean i don't know yeah. i i think they did a great job with what they had yeah then that's yeah. A, that's a good way of saying it they, they were they were obviously they limited done. in scope um it's a tv show on the cw so obviously yeah. the the uh the budget's not going to be what you need for an infinite multiverse um but i think they did they did fine with with the resources they had with the characters they had access to um and i will forever love it for bringing back uh tom welling Oh, that, uh, as Clark that's Kent. everything for me. That was everything. Uh, just just that one scene in Smallville between him and the John Cryer version of Lex Luthor. I that's all I need to see. That, that is so that's good. it. Um that, that was and I so loved good. as well other than that, I loved seeing um Kevin Conroy play a live version of Lex Luthor for the first time. That's true. Um, now it, for the it only was time. It was a I didn't like that he was role. evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, that's me too. He turned into the bad guy. Yeah. But again, that, that just goes back to um, you know, what Harvey Dent said in in The Dark Knight. Uh, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Right. And uh and so, you know, that sort of came true for this world's version of of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, but it was it was so much fun seeing him on screen and seeing him get to play the role that he had embodied for so many years uh, in in animation and finally get to see him like his face yeah, uh, and his voice as Bruce yeah. Wayne. So cool. no, that that really was cool. I felt bad for the character of John Dick or John Diggle, um, uh, David Ramsey. Um he at the very end, it's like you're going to be the new Green Lantern, 
Right. And uh, and then it's like, oh, wait, oh, we're not going to do anything oh, with that I guess now. Not. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you, actor, he's just like, oh man, I had a shot. I was going to be there. every time he showed up. Like the next season, whenever he showed up in another show, it's like, oh, are you going to do anything with this? Or did you get? Do you have the? Yeah. What, what's happening here? Um, and what was confusing about it was he showed up for an episode of Superman and Lois, but that show doesn't even take place in the same universe as You're like, the rest okay. of the universe. Yeah. So what's Diggle doing there? What What are you doing, Diggle? Yeah. Oh man, it's just, it's so weird. Um. All right. So let's go back to the you know kind of wrap up things with the original story because I want to I want to bring up a point. Yeah. Um. But first, let me ask you. Uh. With, so the multiverse has collapsed into one into one universe. All the history is altered, and you've only got so many characters that survived, and only one character remembers all the things that happened to the continuity. Uh, what do you make of the way that they rebooted everything? And you had this this brand new continuity with a brand new history, and everything starting over from scratch. Um, and if I'm right, um. So I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there was any deviations from because I mean remembering that this is the way that I know Superman or Batman and and all of these right I mean so I don't know about deviations from what existed prior to that from an original mm -hmm. I I look at, I mean you have Bruce Wayne becoming Batman parents die you have Superman being in the cornfield you know and I guess Wonder Woman Themyscira um the the thing that i i guess with the flash when did we get the flash when when did the flash enter into continuity then because of barry how did that get handled again i'll be honest i don't know because he just took on the suit there at the end of this story he and took that he, was... he takes on the mantra or the, the mantle of the flash and then there's no memory his series begins and you know it's wally west is the flash his uncle used to be the flash but sacrificed himself but what did he sacrifice himself for if because we don't he know would remember this was nobody right. remember no one remembers that's, the crisis so that's so, that's the one that i have trouble with but there was right. there any other deviations from because everything um, else i think um obviously there was just no supergirl i mean it's just not like there wasn't a replacement until they just brought in, in matrix the the shapeshifter but right i think well, they, so they just got rid of rid of people didn't they <laughs> so the, the thing is like so they streamlined the canon and yeah they the idea was all right we want to make this easier for people for new readers to jump on board and yeah. and you know get with the program with all of these iconic characters that we know and love at the same time, you lose a lot of their rich backstories. That's true. Well, that, like, that's exactly right. Everything gets like, cut off. But then it's it's like, oh, but but we have to pick and choose which which stories we keep as a part of that character's history, right? So right. you think about the epic storyline that introduced Batman to Ra's al Ghul, right? Ra's al Ghul, whatever right. you want to call. It. Like it's it is such a good storyline from the seventies. You can't get rid of that. Because that is a character that is that is key to so much of who Batman is, right? His training forward, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, so you can't you can't just eliminate that storyline with him and Talia, and and the idea of the Lazarus Pit, uh, you know. Right. 
the what we talked about in the last episode with um the Judas contract with Teen Titans. Yeah. And and Dick Grayson used to be Robin. Well, how did he used to be Robin when we're in, entering into this new continuity where Dick Grayson is already Nightwing and Robin is Jason Todd? Right. How when when did Batman have another Robin? At yeah. what point what, what point did that happen? And, and so you've got you've got these things that are happening. And and it's like, well, let's just we remember that Barry Allen sacrificed himself, but we've forgotten that Supergirl ever existed. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's never mentioned. Yeah. And, and it's because it's because the writers, you know, they wanted or the the powers that be at DC Comics, they were like, all right, we're we're redoing Superman. Okay. We're we're eliminating all of that ridiculous silver age crap there's only going to be one kind of kryptonite it's going to be green right. and that's what kills him right and he is going to be For the now. last <laughs> right yeah yeah he is going to be the last son of krypton we don't want any other kryptonians coming around for now Superman is the only one that's it he's the only survivor krypton's destroyed there are no other kryptonians there's no general zod there's no jor-el there's no kara none of it get out of here and, and then uh, and then they they reintroduce stuff. Well, then years later, it's like, well, we've written ourselves into a corner. How can we change things? Let's reintroduce Supergirl as a character, not the shapeshifter. We're bringing back or, or Superman's bring back. cousin, right? So you know, you your 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 big no flights, no tights things only go so far, and then it's like, oh, we got to continue the story somehow. And so you know, all of these big changes are happening. You've got this one new continuity. I can't help but wonder. Did the fans in those days react to this restructuring of these DC universe the way like that I reacted? Well, you have to remember too. Hit there, in 2011. There, wasn't, there wasn't social media like there is now, where people can voice. I mean, people write letters to people, but you know, I mean, it's different. You what? You're gonna have less less subscriptions bought, right? So right, yeah. I think back then everything was governed by how many people were buying comic books each week. Well, and that's pretty it much it because that's all that would make the difference. And I guess you would say, oh, people aren't buying enough. I keep hearing Supergirl. We're going to add Supergirl. You know what I mean? As opposed to, to online flair, you know? And it, Well, it worked. Like you, you had people suddenly, you know, rushing out and buying these, you know, pulling these new comic books off the stand. You had, uh, you know, this new version of Superman that's coming out. You have right. this new version of this, this, Batman Year One, this dark and gritty version right, of Batman right. that's retelling his origin story. You've got this right. new version of Wonder Woman that's coming out. Right. You've got this new kid named Wally West, this is the Flash, sure. who's you know, highlighting his own his own title. So it worked. It worked to to sell comics. Yeah. In the beginning, that's how these things always work. Like I said, I was I was just this side of pissed off when they decided to reboot the universe for the new 52. 52 I right. thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Right. But it worked. It, it worked. got people into the comic shop to buy comics for a few months. And then that's it. Then that's like, it. Then the sales dropped back off. Right. And because people didn't like it, they were telling mediocre stories for the well, new 52. The other side too, is I think people appreciated having a revamp because sometimes, and Remember, we dealt with this with Superman with the different storylines of the different comic books, action comics, um, uh, and and Superman, and 
And so when you have different comics and they have, or Dark Knight and or Detective and Batman, if, if it's following continuity, great. If it's not, then you're having different storylines, same character, or different feel, different vibe of what's going on. And then you have some sort of event that happens and then they all tie in together weirdly. And then, so from an outsider coming in or one who used to collect and then wants to get back in, you're like, I don't even know where to begin. So something like that happening can make you go, oh, well, now I can get back in. I can start here. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to start my 2024 reading my comic books again. But then very quickly, you're you're back in these different. So I think I think the comic book, whether it's I don't know how Marvel is, but I, I for DC, I think they've had a problem. And you know what? Let's just say for a second, it's not just the comics. It's also the movies. They have a really big problem with sticking to a plan and going full force and investing in it. And that's true for the comic books. And it's true for the movies and uh, maybe the shows. They've done a little bit better job with it, to be honest. But there's, there's, I feel like I feel like with both the comics and certainly with movies, there's too much meddling coming yeah. from the suits right yeah yeah if you would just let a creator be creative yeah then i you wouldn't have any problems no no but, i mean that's why that's why favreau you know does a good job that's why feige does a good job it's because when you have certain people that have that you empower and you give them the ability to do what they're going to do they're going to succeed but when the suits step in or they spread themselves too thin that's what hurts people that's what hurts feige you know what I mean? And and trying to keep things going. You know, too spreading too thin and then people meddling in because of trying to placate to the audience a little too much. There's a fine line. Fine line. The audience, they're placating to the, the bottom line. Well, they're, well, that's placating to the audience. To be fair, no, it's all about no. getting getting the money, getting the green. It is, it's all about getting the money, but but more often than not, and this is probably a conversation for another time, but those suits, those producers, they don't understand what the audience wants. Right. They they have it in their head what they think what they think is a blueprint for making money. Right. And and they just want to follow that blueprint. Well, the audience doesn't follow a blueprint every time. They don't want to see the same thing over and over again. Right. The audience wants something different. Right. And so yeah, we're 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 not following an algorithm like you are. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. you you think this is the this is the equation that leads to getting you money, but you are forgetting that your audience is a big variable. Yeah, you're and, you're and so yeah, sure. so it's not it's not like that. Um, we're we're running out of yeah, time, out of but time. Um, I do want to ask, uh, how do you think this this whole thing influenced the comic book industry um, as a whole? Not just DC Comics. Obviously, we we've, we've talked about how it affected that, but um, well, I know, think how, we would. I don't know that we would be where we. And this might be a jump, but. I feel pretty confident about it. I don't think we would have the Marvel Avengers Endgame, you know, this whole thing that we have on the Marvel side without obviously the Infinity Gauntlet series that happened, which I think also happened as a reaction to, uh, or at least was influenced by the Crisis of Infinite Earths. So I, I think Crisis of Infinite Earths was a major play by a major comic book entity. And I think Marvel in turn said, we got to do that. We got it. We got it. We need it. We're going to do something hugely epic that ties in everything together and everybody together in a huge thing. That's going to impact the entire universe of it. 
And so where we are from in this comic book superhero age and and all that, this decision in the 80s, I think, was huge for comic book adoption and interest and superhero interest that's led to where we are. It may not be one where people go back and say, oh, I attribute that to Christ of Infinite Earths, but it was a domino that fell is what I mean. You know, it was a domino that fell that influenced other dominoes to fall. Um, so I think it's hugely impactful in ways that most people probably don't even realize. Yeah, I I agree. I think that uh, I'm I'm only going to speak to the the DC side of things as far as like how it affects the storytelling because it seems like if and I, I could be wrong, but I, if I'm remembering right, this is like this is the the first time there was a big huge crossover event that involved the entire universe. Right before that, yeah, you had all your little crises crises happening right, within crossover. the pages of Justice League. Yeah. And that might have been like two or three issues of Justice League, and that's it. It team didn't ups. tie over into other. Yeah, you had your yeah. team up with Earth Two and and Justice Society, yeah. and you you go and pay a visit to the bad guys on Earth Three and and have Christmas together or something. But but you know that's your those are your one offs, and and those weren't a big deal. Um, they felt like a big deal, but then you get to the crisis, and it's like whoa, this is a big deal. And so then it's like, all right, it's like with Endgame. How do we top this? Uh-huh. All right. Right. The audience is expecting us to top in game every time we do an, a new movie. Yeah. Can't do that. But right. then, like almost like an, on an annual basis, DC is coming out. All right, um, what can we do now? The first, the first big crossover event that happened with DC post crisis was just in 1986 or 87 with the Legends story, right? And then you had. Uh, Gosh, I, there there were a couple others. War of the Gods that that came, spun out of Wonder Woman, and right. then you had Armageddon two thousand one that took place right. throughout all of the DC right. Uh, right. annuals of the nineteen ninety one, and it's just like it's one after the other after the other until like major you know, arcs and major yeah, arcs happening they tie into every everybody. So you know you get to you get to one like the final night where the sun goes out. And it's like, well, how is this affecting every comic book on our slate this month? And so every comic right. book has the final night emblazoned on the front of it. And it's like, so how is the sun going out like affecting epic, Batman? It's like an epic, you know, this the introduction of an epic uh, comprising storyline. But I think we both agree that there's, I mean, it it got a little oversaturated, right? Oh yeah, it waters it down. If there's a if there's a big epic that's happening every year, it's like. Well, this doesn't make any sense. Why am I paying attention to this? And why what am I they... getting the other other things? Yeah. There are a few, you know, there are a few that that come out that make sense. Um, you know, and, and I think we ought to cover those too. Like Zero Hour, I yeah, think was a, a, a great one. Uh, of course, we've great. already talked yeah. about Infinite Crisis. Uh, you know, things like that 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 makes sense as a as a big crossover event. Right. Um, but uh, you know, there are some that just you know fall by the wayside, and it's like this. I don't I don't care about this story. This is right. this is dumb. Right. Um yeah, so it's 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 a two-edged sword. You you've got you've got the idea of the epic crossover and then you've got the execution of it. Right. And and in some cases it works and in other cases it's just like what what did we do? All right, we yeah. tried a thing, let's not talk about it ever again. Right, right, right. No. But definitely definitely glad that this one started off cuz um, although yes, oversaturated, we've had a lot of good ones, you know, along the way. So, and we should cover those, uh, at some point. Absolutely. Um, 
All right, so this is going to wrap up our Crisis on Infinite Diverse two-part extravaganza. Uh, thanks again to our awesome listeners who have joined us in delving into this classic. Uh, what other storylines are you interested in hearing us discuss? We've mentioned a few of the big ones. Um, you know, of course, they can be the big universe-shaking crossover events, or we can focus on some of the more grounded storylines that focus on one or just a few characters. Let us know. Uh, in the comments, we will check those out, and uh, we definitely take those to heart. We want to cover what you want to hear. Excuse me. Um, in the meantime, make sure to like, subscribe, hit that bell icon so you don't miss out on our next big comic book chat. Uh, until next time, have a great whatever it is, wherever you are. Goodbye. Goodbye.